All right, guys, on this week's episode, we talk new Vikings head coach, Kevin O'Connell, the Timberwolves, and what they might do at the trade deadline. We'll talk about the Super Bowl and make our predictions. Here we go. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Man, I'm good. Had a fun time with you guys in the last pod. I had a great time with you guys. Like I always do, it was an awesome pod. Uh, we talked about Obi-Wan, the show dropping on Disney+. Plus. We talked about Pam and Tommy. We talked about Mandalorian Season 2.5, which is actually called Book of Boba Fett. And uh, we finished up our Live Long and Rewatch, the Star, Wars, Star Trek Rewatch. Yeah, that was okay. That was fun. It, it's going to land somewhere near the middle of our rewatches, I think. But, uh, hey, I can't wait to decide what's next with you guys next week. Can't wait. All right, guys. Uh, so we're going to dive into our sports cast. But before we do, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordeast Podcast. Also, subscribe anywhere that you guys get your favorite podcasts from and get the Nordeast Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. Thank you. Beautiful. Thanks, guys. All right. It's time for us to drink some beer. What are you guys drinking today? I'll go first since my uh, decision is bland since the last pod. I'm drinking the same thing I did on the last pod, the Utapils American IPA. They're, it's called Tall Tales. It's really great for 10 bucks. Can't beat it. Not bad. Yeah, I feel like when we get together, we always get the fire crazy new releases. And when we're like doing remote pods, we grab what's in the fridge. And that's what I'm doing right now. So I'm at Castle Danger. Um, this is their 17.7 Pale Ale. Comes in that like really reasonable priced mixed 12 pack, which as far as mixed 12 packs go, there's like Indeed's is pretty good. Castle Dangers is pretty good. Um, a couple Bauhauses is like fine. So this is a good one, man. I, I'm always psyched with uh, with like the Castle Danger Mixy Pack. All right, guys. That's awesome. I'm drinking uh, Keep Keeping On from Modest Brewing. It's their Oak Aged Kolsch. This is like the most drinkable winter beer, I think. Like, it's got a little winter oak-agedness to it, uh, but it's really delicious drinking. Uh, always good work from our friends over at Modest. You're not into the 13.1% ABV stouts at this no. point in time? I'm really not. And honestly, I think that I like stouts this year less than I have in past years, too. I think mm. I'm kind of like, I think I want to have like two stouts a year. Yeah, <laughs> I Max. agree. That's it. Like, I just, I can't do it. They're just so much. I don't know. And like. I, dude, those Falling Knife coffee stouts, I I probably got four, four packs over the course of like two months. And I well, love that's because that's because you didn't have anything else up in Blaine. Yeah. Dude. No, that was part of it. That was part of it. If you were at Central Liquors, you wouldn't have even considered buying your third four pack of that stout. True, true, true. All right, guys, here we go. It's time for our starting lineup, and there's only one place for us to start this week. The biggest story in all of sports, that's Justin Jefferson, dodgeball champion. (laughs) Dude, he looks good out there. What a move to seal it, too. Uh, Yeah, Justin Jefferson is an absolute monster. Um, skinny legs doesn't matter. He's one of the best athletes in the whole <laughs> Eric, game. Eric legs. Got my legs. But he's, he's got my legs, but he's twice as athletic as me. twice, 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 maybe, maybe 80. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, he looked great. And the, I don't feel like a lot of big stories came out of the pro bowl this year. Oh, and that might have been somehow the biggest highlight I saw. 
No, I think the biggest highlight was probably the police looking at the video of Alvin Kamara beating the crap out of someone and getting arrested. What? Yeah. Though yeah. no, felony assault level felony like, assault. caused in Hawaii. Caused, no, 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 no. It's in Vegas, and he caused oh. like it normally would have been a misdemeanor, but he caused significant bodily harm, so it's a felony. Yeah, he's in trouble. Um, wow. Hey, you know what? Hey, quick before we move on, I saw a clip of Delvin Cook talking to a little ball boy and being really sweet. And like, he helped him put, he had the ball boy help put him his gloves on and gave him a high five. That's the kind of running back I like. That's That's the chef, baby. The chef. That's the chef. All right, guys. So um, let's move on though. It's a real news. Kevin O'Connell hired as the next Minnesota Vikings coach. Last week we were kind of feeling like it was going to be um, Jim Harbaugh. That's what it sounded like. That was what all the reporting was. Jim Harbaugh was going to be the next coach of the Vikings. Jim Harbaugh came in last Wednesday and uh, was not given the job. He was there, interviewed, left, knowing he wasn't going to get an offer for the job. Sounds like there was a mix-up between the people a little bit. Harbaugh thought he was coming in as kind of a formality, and uh, the Vikings were just bringing him in because they wanted to hear from him. And they ended up going with 36-year-old offensive coordinator from the Rams, Kevin O'Connell, um, this was a guy that we were on as a podcast from the first week, as soon as we knew who they were interviewing. He's the Rams offensive coordinator. He's a really young, former NFL quarterback, was a quarterback's coach in Cleveland and Washington as well. Um, it sounds like a couple teams were very interested in him to be their head coach. Teams were all trying to interview him, and it sounds like his interview was absolutely fantastic. So I think this is a really exciting interview. Um, this is the fourth head coach coming from uh, – Rams head coach Sean McVay in the past four years, uh, joining Zach Taylor from the Bengals, who's also in the Super Bowl, joining Matt LaFleur uh, with the Packers, and joining uh, Brandon Staley, the, the head coach of the Chargers. So uh, this is the fourth. Well, and I mean, they're, and if we're going to be specific, they're all from the Mike Shanahan coaching tree, yep. correct? Yeah, but they're all right. directly working for McVay. No, no, yeah. no, I know. But they were all also all, one all level working up. for, they yeah. were all also working for, Mike Shanahan in Washington at some point, but uh, yes, I think this is. Think a... about the culture that that Sean McVay must have to just keep bringing people in, getting them to to like an elite level, and then like they leave. I think he's probably... Zimmer couldn't even handle that like once or twice in his his career. It all fell apart. <laughs> he ended up hiring his kid. It's and like, his oh shit, kid. the guy that was doing yeah. all the good shit left. Uh oh, oh boy. I think McVay at this point is the best coach, and I really do. He's he's like what also thirty six years old or something. Um, and and the thing is when well, you're it's really, the uh, it's the new Bill Parcells. Yeah, and when you're when you're really good as a really good coach, um, what ends up happening is these coaches are all seeing. Oh my gosh, if I get on McVay's staff, I'll be getting a coordinator or head coach job in no time. And mm-hmm. so I think that he doesn't mind that these he loves that these guys are leaving him every year because he knows the next best and brightest are gonna want are gonna line up to come there and and learn from him. So. Um, he's a machine as a coach. Um, I, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm kind of cheering for him to win the Super Bowl because uh, our head coach is now there as the offensive coordinator. And I think the most deserving person in this game, um, I know a lot of people think it's Stafford, um, but I don't know how deserving Stafford is. Being a, a good fantasy quarterback for a decade on a shit football team, uh, never changing the culture and never winning playoff games doesn't mean you're that deserving. Um, With an all-world, like, Hall of Fame wide receiver for most of it. Yeah, I mean, I think the most deserving person in this game is probably Sean McVay. Like, if I really think about it, um, he's just came in and been fantastic for that organization. So, hopefully we get some of that with O'Connell. 
Um, it means that the, the rebuild is a little more on. I think if you had um, Harbaugh, it was going to be a win-now team. And I think O'Connell is, um, we're taking a step back and we're going to try to build something good. Um, what do you guys think? Are you guys excited about this hire at all? Yeah, I mean, I think I am. Um, I was excited when you described it, Eric, as like, okay, Harbaugh has a has like a pretty high ceiling, but is he, you know, going to kind of get fed up and with his own bullshit after a few years and then leave if he doesn't win a title, which it's tough to win in the NBA or the NFL. And then you described McConnell as like, dude, very high ceiling, like could very be high. our guy for ten years and like, you yeah. know, is incredibly competitive the whole time, but also some more risk. Never been a head coach. Yep. I was at that point way more excited, and I have been about KOC than I was about Harbaugh. So I was not devastated with the Harbaugh news. I was like, "Sweet, fuck yeah, dude! We get our other guy that I wanted to begin with." I was going to be cool with either of these. Hires, yeah, to be honest, I was really happy when I kind of heard they were the final. Um, so here's a couple pieces that you could see coming in. Um, here's just some names that are being floated around for offensive. Oh, go ahead. You have some? No, no, no. That's fine. Carry on. My, my opinion's have... irrelevant. <laughs> Yeah, yeah you want to hear from me and not Ryan. That's probably backwards. Wes Phillips, um, Wade Phillips' kid, is one of the names being thrown around for the offensive coordinator. He's the Rams tight end coach and passing game coordinator. Um, I'm out on any uh, coordinator's kids at this point in time. I, I mean, mm. yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that you're going you're gonna to know. Um, I think that there's a chance he's the offensive coordinator of the Rams, though. Um, but wasn't so, his dad a defensive coach? Like, he's he's already, like, bucking the trend. Not not interesting. Uh, the other guy that I've heard is Aaron Kramer. He's a 54-year-old guy. Didn't coach in the NFL last year, but worked for, uh, I don't know. I think OC is going to be Kevin O'Connell. <laughs> so it's going to have to yeah. be someone who doesn't mind probably not calling plays. Um, so I would hope he goes kind of younger and kind of picks I've up. I've heard that, that Kevin O'Connell has never called plays. No, but I would assume he will now. Okay. Here. Uh, and then for D.C., a couple names being thrown around. Aubrey Pleasant, the Lions D-back coach. Um, Mike Petton, who's not a very sexy name. He is the former head coach of the Browns. He was the special assistant for the Bears last year. He's 55. Don't like yeah. him. Don't, I'm not interested in him. Coaching tree. I don't really want that one, but that's a name I've heard a lot. And then Chris Shula is kind of an interesting name. He's Don Shula's grandson, and he's the 35-year-old Rams linebackers coach. So he's... So- Don Shula, Jimbo, if you don't know, yeah, was a former. I was literally going to be like, who's Don Shula and why do I? Don Shula is a former Miami Dolphins head coach for a number of years and is the last team to go undefeated in an NFL season all the way through winning the Super Bowl. Was okay. a Don Shula coached Miami team. All right. Thank you. Um, so I, I think that if he can nab any of those Rams guys, um, that'd be good, you know, because obviously the Rams have just six staff. Um, and then another guy, it sounds like is coming in, not not as big of a job, but uh, Curtis Modkin, the Denver running back coach and running game coordinator. Um, sounds like he's going to be coming in. Denver's had a great running game the last few years. Um, this would be a good get, it sounds like. Uh, I don't know. It's fun building a staff and building a new regime and changing some of the scheme that we're running here in Minnesota will be fun and kind of, you know, the NFL is never dull, whether you're good or bad. Somehow it always feels like your team has important moves to make and decision make. And I don't know. I just find myself feeling really excited about all of this. Ryan, what was your take going to be on uh, KOC? I will say that I think one of the most important aspects of Kevin O'Connell being quote unquote hired as the new Vikings head coach, they can't officially do it yet, is how excited Justin Jefferson was to hear that Kevin O'Connell was going to be the head coach from a enthusiastic of your eh, probably your best playmaker 
I don't know if you want to argue Dalvin or Justin Jefferson, it's, it's, you know, potato, potato for me, but like, I think having your youngest, most inexpensive guy that you want to keep around probably longer than Dalvin cook, who's um, I would say less replaceable than Dalvin cook um, in Justin Jefferson mm-hmm. being enthusiastic about the new head coach and being like, yeah, you know, we had a defensive guy, blah, blah, blah. And I had some other guys, kid calling plays. Um, to have someone who's uh, competent, enthusiastic, um, one of the bright, you know, young offensive minds in the game coming in to mm-hmm. coach me and call our offensive plays, I think that is significantly more important than people think to yeah. make sure that Justin Jefferson doesn't go the route of Stephon Diggs and blow town because, you know, whatever whatever the conflict was between him and the OC and Mike Zimmer and and like we've lamented here that sounds like Zimmer was increasingly toxic as time went on. Um, so to have like a fresh look for him and have him want to be in Minnesota, I think is incredibly important. You know, he also goes, oh, the Rams do a great job of getting the ball to their playmakers which I thought was cool. And it's like, hell yeah, they do. And that's what makes them fun to watch. And that's why they win. And who's our playmaker? Yeah. He's, well, our, play, well, he's our, our number one playmaker. So I think it's, I think it's great. What was the stat at, like for a couple of games where Justin Jefferson was targeted like seven times in two yeah. games? Yeah. And, and it's like, like what? Those games. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like that would, I don't think that would ever happen in a, you know, if no. you look at Cooper Cup, like after uh, Robert Woods went down with a, you know, long-term injury, they they were like, well, he's our best playmaker. He's going to touch the ball the most, and we're going to figure out ways to make it happen. And he won the triple crown. Literally yep. won the triple and, like, caught the game-winning pass, yeah. you know, when it was, was most needed. So, anyway, that's my take. So, some of the rumors have been coming out saying that O'Connell was very supportive of Cousins in his interview and that a lot of the coaches were very supportive of cousins. So I'm going to give you a few different takes here on my thoughts on this one. Why would the Vikings want to devalue cousins? They've been trying to trade cousins. It sounds like for a while last year, they offered the Rams cousins. The Rams had a choice between cousins and Stafford and they went with Stafford. Um, But the fact that that was their two choices shows you how much we liked cousins was not that much. So I don't think he's super popular in Minnesota. But I will say this. I do think that coaches, especially offensive coaches, probably think, oh yeah, I could definitely win a Super Bowl with Cousins. He's good enough. And when you look at the court, the quarterbacks um, that were playing in the playoffs this year, and even went deep, I mean, Cousins is significantly better than Jimmy Garoppolo. And Jimmy Garoppolo was mo- you know, minutes away from going to the Super Bowl. Again. San Francisco would have traded Kirk Cousins for Garoppolo at halftime. Yeah, if they could have. <laughs> um, uh, Stafford is maybe slightly better than Cousins, but in the same ballpark as him. Um, yeah. You know, Joe Burrow is is has probably surpassed Cousins this season, but you know he went into the season as a worse quarterback than Kirk Cousins. So I, I think that teams look at him and they're like, yeah, if we can get a good cap number for him, we can win a title with him with the right team around him. Um, so I, I can see why coaches would like him. He's he's like a sure thing, pretty good quarterback in the NFL. Now, I do think that bringing in young Kwesi, uh and bringing in KOC, who's also young, uh, new regime, starting over, I also think that um, there, this is a good opportunity to bond from Cousins as well. So I can also imagine them building up, oh, we love Cousins, we love Cousins, we love Cousins, and then saying, even if we like him, it's probably easier to build a team with a quarterback who makes $4 million instead of $35 million. And so, yeah. Or 750000 
Yeah, like, I think like you, you know, draft second a rounder in the first round, and you bring in a veteran, you know, where you bring in um, Gardner Minshew, you draft a quarterback in the first round. You're not paying a lot of money for quarterbacks, and you have a lot more money to build up your lines, to build up your D backs, to build up your pass rushers, whatever it is. You're able to go out and do that, and you should get a pretty good asset for Cousins. I know people hate Cousins. We've talked about this many times. Finding a quarterback is freaking hard. You can't tell me that the Panthers wouldn't give up a good asset for Kirk Cousins because they would. Um, you or the Browns? You think the Browns, like a playoff-ready team, wouldn't trade? Wouldn't have traded for Kirk Cousins? How about the, the Bucks? Was... The Bucks without Brady? What? Bucks no Brady. How about the Steelers with no quarterback? How about you know? There's plenty of teams, and I think yeah. especially if you look at teams that the coaches, the Panthers seem like a good match to me because their coach is under some serious pressure, yeah. and they've got to have a good team this year. They've really invested, so they're a team. I would say, all right. We'll take that early first round pick from you. You know, we'll take whatever you want to give us. We'll take we'll take a really good player and a future first. You know, like I think they're a team that you might be able to hold over the fire a little bit. So I, I'm excited about um, KOC. And here's the deal: if if we keep Cousins, we're going to be good this year. And if we don't keep yeah. Cousins, it's going to be a building year, and that's that's fine too. And I just think like change is in the air. We have a good owner. We have good, hopefully a good new GM. Hopefully, but if we keep Cousins, we got him for two years, right? No, one year, forty-five million. He's at one year, forty-five. Right, but wouldn't you restructure him? That's what you keep. You kept telling me in past episodes. This is all my sports news comes from you guys. So they would have to restructure. They would have to. There's no way they can afford to pay him forty-five million this year. No way. So that's the problem because I have a ninety million. I I would love to see him with a brand new regime. And see what he can do. Like, it would be really cool. I mean, we've kind of seen him in multiple teams and multiple regimes. And he kind of is the same 500 dude. So maybe they just want to get rid of him. I'm fine either way. But, like, I'm actually kind of excited to see what a whole new coaching staff does with Kirk Cousins. I don't know. I just I will say this. As we rip Cousins a lot, and I think Cousins is quite unlikable, to be honest with you. Oh, God. He's hard to root for. But I will tell you this. I do feel for the guy. He has never had the same offensive coordinator two years in a row. He has been a starting quarterback for like seven years, and he's never had the same offensive coordinator two years in a row. And he's going into his eighth year as a starter, and he still doesn't have the same offensive coordinator. Every year, it changes. And that has got to be tough. And so, you know, you look at some of these guys who, you know, you're you're Jared Goff for four years with Sean McVay calling your plays. You're in a good position. You know, you're Jimmy Garoppolo, and you spend most of your career with, with Kyle, Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan. You know, yeah. like – you get in these systems and you have the same person every day, probably 350 days a year talking to you about the offense. Like you guys are really on the same page. And it's like Kirk is just constantly having new people, new teams, new head coaches, new offensive coordinators. You know, and I think that's, that is difficult. And so I do, I feel for him a little bit on that. And I do think that we will be pretty good this year with Kirk again, but um, I think if they really want to, you know, reset a little bit. He probably should go. They should probably look to trade him. So, as what would you possible? Put- just give me the percent chance that we have Kirk next year. That's. I was literally going to ask just, that just exact quick. same just, question. Come on, man. You know more than most. Just give me quick. This is a really hard question. I know I, it's either sixty forty one direction or the other. So, just give it to me. If I had to pick sixty forty, I was going to say fifty five forty five and be a little more of a coward. But if I had to say sixty forty, I'd say sixty percent here next year. Okay. All right. That's. I think. I think it's safer for everyone, and I think that the Wilfs, um, I think the Wilfs believe in this team, and I think that they. Well, think and let's and let's also remember, like during the interview process, you're trying to potentially impress your future employer, mm-hmm. right? Your future employer invested ninety something million dollars in Kirk Cousins, so for you to come into that interview saying, "I don't know, I think he's yeah. kind of overrated, not that good," 
Like you're not, you're, you're going to make waves. You're, yeah. You're going to make waves. So I think like when you hear like, Oh, Kevin O'Connell said he really likes Kirk cousins. Like, well, yeah, no fucking shit. He yeah. won the, the head coaching job. So yeah. he's going to like, you got to grease the wheels the a little thing, bit on certain, on certain yeah. things. And you don't know if they're going to be able to trade him or if they're going to trade him. Yeah. You can't come in. There's and so many. Say, I can so win with him. Absolutely. Yeah. I can win with him. They I can also win him. with, with Baker Mayfield. If that's what it ends up being. They can't yeah, exactly. the coach come in and be like, does the head coach want the quarterback? No, he doesn't. Yeah. Like, right. in, the, in the interview, yeah. Kevin O'Connell said he hates Kirk Cousins yeah, and thinks he happen. throws like a girl. Yeah. Like that's not yeah. gonna that's not gonna also work. thinks Justin Jefferson a little overrated. Doesn't like him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not right. the best, not the best look for the incoming uh you know new head coach. Yeah. All right. Um let's move on. Next up, a big story in the NFL, not a happy Brian Flores is doing the NFL for race racist practice in their hiring process. And I have to say he's been pretty fucked over. That's what I was not he's not wrong. He's definitely not wrong. And this is ridiculous to me. Brian Flores, I'm not saying the Dolphins didn't have a right to fire him, but they it was pretty sketchy. The guy won like seven of eight games or something, or eight of nine games or something down the stretch. Had a fantastic second half of the year in the team building that everyone seems to want always. And he got fired after that. He was supposedly getting all these jobs to interview for. And he gets a text message from Bill Belichick, his old head coach, who said, mm-hmm. hey, Brian, congrats on the new job with the Giants. I'm so excited for you. And he's like, I interview tomorrow. And he's like, do you know something I don't know? And he's like, oh, shit. I was meaning Brian Dable. They're going with Dable. Sorry Mm -hmm. about that. And, like, it was so brutal. But the fact of the matter is, is Bill Belichick was hearing from his sources, which I was assuming is pretty fucking good sources, saying, yep, Dable's getting the job with the Giants before they even interviewed the minority candidate, which by rule, the Rooney rule, they had to interview. You had to interview at least two candidates of color, and they picked their head coach before they interviewed the candidates of color. This is absurd. This is wrong, and this is the reason why out of nine head coaching jobs, um, seven of them went to white guys, one went to someone who identifies as biracial, and one went to a black guy. And that just isn't enough in the NFL. The fact of the matter is they constantly are hiring white coaches and white executives, and all 32 owners are white, in a sport that's dominated by you know black American men. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. And so um, he's suing the NFL. The NFL is trying to come out and say, yes, we need to change things. We need to do better. Um, But I think they need to start putting their money where their mouth is. And that means um, giving draft picks, high draft picks to teams that hire minority candidates. And I know that sounds like an imbalance of, of power or something, or that teams would complain that it's not fair. But it's not fair that these guys who dominate the NFL, who are the the reason that the NFL is the most valuable sports league in the world are never getting an opportunity to coach when they want to coach the same and are capable of the same. So I think this is an ugly story for the NFL. And I think that instead of going after um, Flores's character and blacklisting him, like they probably will. um, I think that they should say, you know what, we're going to pay up. We're going to, we're going to lose this lawsuit. We're we're going to settle with him and we're going to make sure he, has a good job and we're going to make sure that we more because we're not doing enough. And I think that I hope they do. And I, honestly, the fact that Goodell came out and was like, we need to do these new things and more things at that timing made it feel like maybe there's a chance that they will try to do their, I mean, okay. I know Ryan shaking his head, like dude, never overestimate Goodell, but no, I mean, why would he ever come out with the timing a, to say that like, we need to do better racially right with this lawsuit a, coming out. It's a PR play. 
So they can fucking just slander Flores and be like, you didn't, where's the proof that you were going to get paid $100,000 per game to tank? You know, where's the proof besides like Bill Belichick just got confused because he's old and doesn't know how to text. And I I, I don't know. I I think that they should make it better and not try to fight back. And I hope that I think, I think they should make it better. I'm saying I think the memo is damage control. Oh, would, yeah. oh it's like, always like damage they're, control. They're, they're still fighting paying concussion losses to, like, guys that can't walk or talk anymore, yeah. you know, pretending like CTE isn't real. Like, that's the NFL, you know, that's like, oh, well, you know, I know you played in the league for 10 years, but we're not going to cover your health insurance bills anymore. Yeah. Like, that's the NFL that I'm picturing writing this memo of, like, shit, we're under the weather here, guys. Let's let's come up with a really well-worded memo, and then we'll deal with it if the lawsuit ever comes. Like, that, I don't, I don't foresee, I picture Adam Silver being like, let's be on the side of the minority players, and yeah. that will help our brand. And the NFL is like, let's be on the side publicly, of the minority players slash coaches and let's not ruin our brand by not doing that. And there's a mm. big difference between those. Okay. Yeah. Not great. So not great. Uh, the only thing that's not great is the new DC uh, commanders. <laughs> this, this is the, Washington, the Washington Comanches. Oh, uh, it's just a terrible. Oh, sorry. Commanders. This that, is awful. That took over. Um, terrible franchise. Uh, also terrible name. Uh, what are they? The the two most recent sports names from racist names turned into the Guardians and the Commanders. What was the Guardians? The Cleveland Guardians. The, the Indians. Oh, that's right. Terrible. Yeah, for next year. It was a terrible name. And the Commanders, the logos were really stupid. Um, it's very. They like, could have done the Cleveland thing. Spiders and they could have done... The Pigskins. Yeah, the you really wanted the Pigskins so bad. Or the Hogs. Yeah, the Hogs would have been cool. Or, dude, honestly... Or Washington football team would have been just fine. Washington football team is better than the commander. A hundred percent. I thought the jerseys were awful. They're going for like a military thing with like military badges and stupid. Would you expect would you expect anything else from Dan Snyder? Um the only thing so, I would expect is like um cheerleaders being forced to like give blowjobs to like rich ticket holders. Expectations met. <laughs> yeah. Challenge that, accepted. Yeah. All right, guys, let's uh, move on to the Minnesota Timberwolves, the red-hot Minnesota Timberwolves. They're now three games above 500. It's been a long time since we've been able to say that about this team. Um, they're playing pretty well. And the, the best news is that the rest of the season, they have the 10th easiest schedule in the league. So they should be able to continue at this pace and hopefully end up in somewhere between, you know, 5th and 7th, I guess. 5th or 6th would be yes. ideal. 6th, maybe. 6th. Let's go. But, you know, they're, they're, they are moving in the right direction. Um, yeah. There's some real growth. Uh, Towns has taken another step. Um, Russell's been fine. Edwards is is uh, a future star, it looks like. Uh, Jaden McDaniels has been pretty good. Uh, you know, different guys are stepping up on the bench. I think they still feel like their bench is not strong enough to compete in the playoffs, I think is what they probably honestly feel internally. Um, oh, yeah. But this year. They're, 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 a, they're a much better team. And they are really trying to make a move um, at the deadline. Uh, name that they're really attached to right now is Marcus Smart, the 27-year-old point guard, kind of defensive point guard and facilitator from the Boston Celtics. No hey, idea what. Uh, I don't like it at all. I don't like Marcus Smart. He shoots the ball poorly. Um, 
He has been playing yeah, well. Sh- I think he shoots like sub 30% from three or like just at 30. It's not, that's not good enough. Don't shoot those. He's um, a really good defender, but he's 27 yeah. years old. He's expensive. I don't know. I think I, I don't really, well, but if we, if, if we move, this there, feels a little bit like when Eric gets on a trade rumor in, you know, the premier league or something, like, I don't think this is going to happen. <laughs> I'd be shocked, dude. I owe you a huge apology if, if it does go through, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I don't think they're really going to make any big moves. I'd be surprised. Like to me, it doesn't feel like they, they need to, um, they have a lot of young talent that's like developing. Like Noel just came up from the G league, like two months ago and he's getting major minutes, you know, and McDaniel all of a sudden came out of nowhere from being like the quiet guy who just kind of like, you know, jacks up a couple threes to the quiet guy who makes them and gets heavy minutes and puts up, you know, 12 points a game, pretty consistent. Um, I don't know. The team's like has is on an amazing stretch. I mean, they're in since January, which is now uh, thirty seven days ago. That's a lot of games. They have the third best record in the league. You know, under the Jazz and the Suns, which yeah, those guys are fucking great, and uh, that's fine. So I don't think they need to make a move, man. I say ride this out. Let's see what we got. Towns has has never been better, dude. He's so consistent. He is underappreciated. He. Dude, even Jokic has off games. Towns doesn't really have fucking off games, dude. It's crazy. This is how I'm going to rain on your parade a little bit, though. Let's go. I feel the same way. I'm excited, and I know we're all excited, and I know it's been so long since the Wolves have been good. But I, after their win yesterday, I I was so excited to look at the standings, see where they were. And they were 15 out of 30. They are a middle-of-the-pack team. They are... In the West. In the West. Hey, in the West, which is tougher, okay? So, like... No, but I'm saying in the whole league, they have the 15th best record out of 30. Yeah. They're in the middle of the pack. They're in the middle of the West. They're in the middle of the league. They are the league's average team. The power rankings, which are nothing but just, you know, bullshit clickbait, had them as the 15th best team because they're the 15th best team in the league. And that sucks that we have the the, the standards and the expectations are so low with the Wolves. And I'm not trying to rain on their parade. I am excited about the Wolves. I know. I know you are. But but you just, the, you just said you were trying to raid on his. But it, it just sucks. <laughs> I guess I'd be. Yeah, I'm, I'm. He said he didn't mean to, but he knew damn well he was going to. So let's go. Together here, but um, I I just think that the standards are so low, like the expectations are so low for the Wolves that when they get to be the 15th best team in the league and over 500, we're like keep the band together. The roster is perfect. And it's like, we, this team isn't in the vicinity of competing in the right. West. We're well, like, I don't think it the was, second year in a row know. where they finished 15th or at all. I mean, they are just now climbing. Like, I would just hate to break it up now. Like, now with the trade deadline two days away, three days away from when we're recording this, the 10th, right, of, of February. Yeah. Um, now is not the time. I mean, it's, dude, we have the, like I said, in the past month and 10 days, we have the best third best record in the league. We are getting better. And yeah, we're healthy right now. Other teams aren't sometimes. So that's good. And that won't last. Um, But I just don't think now is the time. If they had played like this all year, we would probably be at the four seed right now. And then you definitely really wouldn't want to make a move. I mean, I think yes, expectations are bottom bottom, but we're not a contender and that's, that's okay. We're young. We're the like third youngest team in the league. Like let's grow a little bit. I know that they want, I mean, they have publicly said they're Lee and Beverly. That's fine. Beasley's fucking, he's those a bad guys, contract. Those two guys, they would love to. Um, Beasley, I think I think other teams could talk themselves into him because he's young and he can shoot threes and he's athletic. But Sometimes. I think, but I think he's trash, and I think like anyone who's actually had him knows that. 
Yeah. Um, I can imagine a team who needs three-point shooting being like, well, let's kick the tires on Malik Beasley. Um, and then Beverly, I mean, I just don't think he's a part of it. He's 33 years old. I, I don't think they, they know he's not coming back next year. I think they'd love to move on from him now. Um, Noel can give them similar production for much less money. Um, mm-hmm. So I think they'd love to move one or both of those guys. And I think that they um, are willing, they want to bring in a better piece. It doesn't need to be a superstar. It doesn't need a huge trade. But I think that they know that they're going to have to, if they want to do that, they're going to have to move on from their first round pick or McDaniels. And I don't think they want to move on for McDaniels, but I think if the price is right, they will. I get that. Um, I really like McDaniels. I really like Noel. Um, there's a few guys like Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, I could see coming or going. Um, there's some guys I don't want to give up, but I get it. Like, dude, there's <laughs> amazing players all over this league. Uh-huh. Um, we don't have a lot of them. No. We have two of them, essentially, right now. One or two. I think we so, probably have three top 100 guys. In- yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and so, look, I get it. Like, I could be very thrilled about some trade. It's just when I think about what I'm giving up, it bums me out a little bit because the team is really gelling right now. Like, if the team gets to the five seed, does Finch just automatically get coach of the year? I know they don't really give anybody no, – no, I know they don't, but, like, dude – he would deserve it. I mean, it's that it's it's that run down here. Cleveland guy. What's that? It's the Cleveland guy. Yeah, that's actually crazy that Cleveland is like <laughs> kicking ass right now. Like, what the fuck? But I do they're think like, like, they're like second or third in the the East right now. So no. Yeah, and I think I think Finch has done a great job, and I think the team is moving in the right direction. They really, really bring in one more Pintel. Um, they're they've been in the Simmons Tobias Harris talk, but they just aren't going to have the firepower to do that. Um, so I don't know. We'll see what happens in the next couple of days. Yeah. Ryan, what's up deal. So I agree that they, they definitely want to bring in an additional. And I also agree that the team is finally gelling. I, I mean, I sent the text, like, is this team maturing? And it, it kind of seems like they are like they've, they've maybe crossed over their ability, put the old wolves behind of where things get a little tight in the fourth and then we give up the lead right mm-hmm. and they've gone to like all right everybody relax we've been here it's fine let's yeah, let the better we're a better team <clears throat> we're, yeah. we're a significantly better team but i think that in order for the wolves to make that move to go get that whatever you want to, if you want to call it the tertiary piece or you know the fourth player um i think they've got to let this team gel a little bit longer and have some of these guys maybe up their trade value just a little bit. Mm -hmm. And the only way to do that is to continue to play better. I think it would be a little bit short-sighted to unload Pat Beverly to, you know, whatever, if you want to call it a like for like for Marcus Smart. I I don't think that does anything for this team. Um, I don't know what other trades are out there, but I think that if this team is kind of like slowly trending upwards, that's more important than like their 15th in the league at this mm-hmm. point in time. Um, Cause if we, if we're 15th today and we end up being like the 10th best team in the league, by the time the regular season ends, that's more important. Right. And then, so all of the players on the team immediately have significantly higher stock. Yeah. Um, and, and then maybe, you know, God, forbid we win a first round playoff series you know and then go out in the second round great season was a fantastic success um you've got some assets that you might be able to move for additional pieces that you'd like to see on your so i would like them to stand pat barring a godfather offer 
and and let this team continue to grow and let some of these players continue to grow, even if that means you have to let them go later, they might be worth more. I just think that the team, I don't care if they make a trade, to be honest with you. I think you guys think I'm like pro Wolf trade. No, no. But Eric, you say those things. We 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 understand that you're kind of just reporting the information as it comes yeah. out. You're just dis- you're disseminating it. And mm-hmm. w- that's why I said like when I was criticizing it, I was like, I don't understand the wolves thinking on that. Yeah. I'm not criticizing you. I'm criticizing like if that's what the team is thinking, I don't I don't get it. I don't th- I don't really care if they make a trade. I think that their season is headed in a successful direction and we're building for the future and that's great. And if we make a nice trade that's fine too. Um, I just think that they are really wanting to here at the deadline. I think they will make a move. I don't know how big it will be, um, but they'll bring in some piece to try to give them more depth at least. Uh, and then I think that uh, they honestly believe that Towns is worth a ton. Edwards is worth a ton. Uh, Russell is worth some. McDaniels is valuable. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that they probably think anyone else is very valuable. I think that okay. everyone else is probably pretty expendable to them. I think they'd like to keep um, Vanderbilt, who's obviously a good energy piece. He could play for any team. Huge defensive yeah. piece. Well, there, yeah, there's yeah. there's lots of there's lots of room for role players in the NBA. I mean, yeah, you look at I like who like, uh, like Portis, Por- Bobby Portis yeah. on you know the the Bucks is the perfect example of like energy bench guy that is kind of like everybody thought was over the hill and can still contribute. I just think if there is a if there is a guy who they really wouldn't want to trade, I think it's probably McDaniel's right now. The piece he's young, he's pretty free, he's cheap. I think he's the guy that they want to lose the least. I think they they'll do their best to hold on to him. Um, and I think if it came down to McDaniel's or a first round pick, I think they'd give up their over him pretty pretty Dude, easily. How many times have we grabbed a first a first at like the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh spot? Fucking off the team two years later, yeah. nobody out of the league playing in China. McDaniels is much better than those guys. I mean, here's the real question. Who's coming to the playoffs games with me? Let's go. We got a 90, hey, 90% chance on 548. Can't wait. I love that. All right, guys. And then uh, finally, um, let's move on to the Super Bowl quickly here. Um, Big game, Rams and uh, the Bengals. A lot of people are on the Joe Burrow train. He's become the most popular player in the whole world. He is really cool. Um, I, I find myself liking both teams, like I said. I'm just cheering for a good game. I, I guess I'm cheering for new Vikings coach um, KOC to win at this point. Uh, he's mm-hmm. the best tie we have. And uh, like I said, I, I have real respect for Sean McVay. Um, but if the Bengals win, that's wonderful too. It'd be a great story, such a cool story. And I think I'm just cheering for a great game. Uh, but the Rams are the four point, four and a half point favorite. I will say I am cheering for KOC if the Vikings have already agreed to terms with him and his agent. But if, <laughs> if the contract is still in dispute over the numbers, then I'm hoping Joe Burrow fucking plants one on him. And that's a good point, dude. That's the end of that. Damn, and we save that's a little a really bit of cash. Point. That's why you want a good game, right? You want a good game so that his yeah, stock yeah, yeah, doesn't yeah. drop. And it's like, oh my God, they really blew it in the Super Bowl. And now we're like, Ugh. you know, at least you made it, which is great. But so you want a close game. Um, but yeah, if he if he wins, then is it like you got to pay him more? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, you don't want it. You don't want the, You don't want his star burning too bright, right? Because that you know the Icarus, no, he's compl- he's complacent you know. coming into the job. Yeah, he's, he's like, like I'm Super Bowl champion, dude. Like, dude. whatever. Uh, 
introduces himself to the team. Hi, I'm Super Bowl winning coach Kevin O'Connell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, welcome to our first team meeting. Whatever uh, happens here is like icing for me, okay? That like sprinkles. is my replica Super Bowl trophy. Um, it's going to be <laughs> on the field at all times. Um, so I wanted to get a couple things from you guys real quickly. Uh, who do you guys think is win this game and what's the score going to be? I think the Rams are going to win it 38 to 30. Wow. I think, man, it's so hard to think because the Rams did everything they possibly could to give Tom Brady a chance to beat them. Like they literally, you couldn't have like faked a Madden football game as badly as the Rams tried to blow it against the Buccaneers. And Brady, Brady, you know, sucked them out of like the depths of hell and made it a close game again. So I don't know how much I trust this Rams team. The the Bengals seem like we don't care. Like we just don't give a shit. We're going to keep doing what we're doing and it doesn't matter. I'm going Bengals 30 27. Ooh. Because the McPherson McPherson whatever however you say his last name kicker angle is going to be the perfect ending. I'm going to go yeah, 30 27 Bengals. Love it. All right, I'm going to go with uh, 27-17 Rams. I think it's a lower-scoring game. I think Burrow is going to be just under duress this game. And you have Jamar Chase on one side, but you have you have uh, Jalen Ramsey. You have just an absolute fierce... Aaron Donald yeah. with his ears pinned back coming it's after... The number one yeah. D-line versus the number 30 O-line. And I just think that's the difference in the whole game. I believe me, I, I think Burrow will be a warrior. He's great in the pocket. He moves around so well. Um, but I just think they're not going to have quite enough. The star power is going to be a little too much on the Rams. The the master in the Padawan and the coaching battle, I just think they finally get a bullet in year five. It's pretty cool. I mean, and the Rams have literally sacrificed the entirety of their future yep. they to were win saying, now. They have, have traded, they have mm-hmm. traded everything they have. I mean, they have Von Miller. They have Aaron Donald. They are just absolutely juiced on this team. They have Cooper Cup, who's been the best receiver in the league. They have, you know, Whitworth at tackle. They have Safford they traded for a quarterback. They have Odell Beckham, who's uh, having a renaissance now in his career. You know, like, there's just so many good star players on this team, and I think it will be too much. Um, The Bengals are way ahead of schedule. I mean, the Bengals are kind of like if the Timberwolves would have tanked at the end of the year and got, like, third pick. That's what they would have been, like – they would have been like the Bengals here, like too much Stop. talent. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I, I do think that it's going to be a fun game, lower scoring than people. Think. And uh, both defenses have been good in the playoffs for the most part, other than a, a few sketchy moments. I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, another thing I'm really looking forward to is the halftime show. Oh, yeah. Dr. Dre, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, Snoop Dogg, and Kendrick Lamar. That's pretty epic, dude. That's, That's crazy. Epic. I mean, this is like... I don't- it's made for 30-year-old, 35-year-old people. Yeah, it is. It is. It's fantastic. I'm really excited. 35? Yeah, Ryan. No, it's older older than that. It's my age, like 40 years. Yeah, Kendrick. Kendrick's, you know, he he, he ages it down a little bit. I'm excited. Um, obviously, must think- watch. I'm excited for the game. It's on my birthday. It's going to be such a fucking great day. Like, Can I just tell you guys um, my biggest conspiracy theory? What? You know, like the Beatles thing is always like Paul McCartney died. Oh, okay. You ever heard that? 
I mean, yeah, I've heard all of them. They're and all he plays dumb. Strawberry Fields. It's like Paul is Paul is dead if you play it backwards. And then like on Abbey Road, he's the only one not wearing shoes. He's out of step with the other three. You know, like there's all these things about how they were trying to tell you that Paul McCartney died, and I don't believe that. But I do. Well, right because he's still making music. But I kind of do believe that Eminem died. And that they replaced him with a brown-haired Eminem who has a completely different voice and different flow. And his now a big thing is that he just raps really fast. And it's totally a different me. Yeah, he has not been the same since Marshall Mathers LP. I back this. Yeah. I stand this. I think and his beard is fake. And that makes his entire body fake. His whole head. Like, I'm sorry, but dude, your little fake brown beard where all the hairs are in the same exact length and they're like, they're like penciled on. It looks yeah. weird, dude. I just think it's a different person. I don't think it's the same. I think so wait, it's are you guys are are you guys team Machine Gun Kelly then? Like the beard is weird. Like the well, kill the beard shot. is weird, but I'm definitely not Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> no, no, the beard okay. is a problem, but no, yeah. All right, guys. Well, it's that's all well. the time we have this week on the Nordies podcast. Go back, check out our screencast. We finish up our Star Trek rewatch. We talk. We talk. Uh, Pam and Tommy. We talk all kinds of good stuff. Go check that episode out. But otherwise, thanks for hanging out with your friends on the Nordies podcast. Thank you.